On this week's Dose, we have Harris Stolzenberg, CEO and co-founder of Flock, the full-service corporate retreat planner geared towards remote tech companies. Right. And Harris always had the entrepreneurial itch. And after a short stint in investment banking after graduating from MIT, he joined an innovative startup called Pando as their chief of staff and learned the ropes of what it takes to be a founder. Yeah, pretty cool company there. From there, he joined Pair VC with a curiosity for the other side of venture, where he spent a year soaking up as much as he could in preparation for the goal that he voiced to them originally, which was to eventually start his own company. He then took the leap of faith when an old friend reached out about starting a company. They didn't exactly have an idea, but after a few pivots, they eventually found an opportunity to help remote companies plan offsite retreats, a problem that flared up during the pandemic. Yeah, in the interview, you'll hear more about how Flock works and some upcoming milestones on the horizon. You'll also hear about Harris's fundraising philosophy and how he's thinking about taking the company from bootstrapped to more of a venture-backed startup high-growth mode. As always, stick with us to hear his advice to anyone looking to get into venture, as well as his top book and podcast recommendations, and a couple of new startups for the Pilgrims to keep on the radar. Yeah, it was a great time having Harris here in the Austin studio for his brief visit to town. And with that, we're excited to share the interview. Here it is. The views, statements, and opinions expressed herein by the hosts and their guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast should not be construed as reflecting the views or implied endorsement of Independent Brokerage Solutions, LLC, or any of its officers, employees, or agents. The statements made herein should not be considered an investment opinion, advice, or recommendation regarding securities of any company. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes and is not to be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy a security. Is he here, kid? You gotta just go for it. Don't think about what comes after or what came before. You just gotta bend your knees, take a deep breath, and jump. This is Venture Pill, your weekly dose of startups and venture capital. We break down recent startups in the news and interview founders and investors to help you stay informed in the evolving world of venture. All right, we welcome on this week's dose to Venture Pill, Harris Stolzenberg, CEO and co-founder of Flock. Thanks for coming on and welcome to Austin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, right off the plane, got some barbecue in the airport and nice. excited to chat. Yeah, yeah airport sit- barbecue, the best. Salt <laughs> Lake, it's supposed to be famous. It's pretty good. So, no, yeah. sitting heavy with some Salt Lake, so you're ready to go. <laughs> exactly. Probably, and probably tacos tonight and Margs and just getting the full kind of Austin. Yeah. This guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> Mind is sharp with, with the meat sweats. You're, you're ready to go. I, I hope so. We'll see. <laughs> well, awesome. Welcome to town glad we were able to schedule this in, in the limited time you're here and we're both about to be out of town so we'll make the most of it today well we want to dive right in we want to hear a little bit about your background uh, why did you get into the world of startups and venture capital we'll, we'll get into your career and kind of what led you to starting flock but what was the inspiration originally? Yeah, I've always been super entrepreneurial. And in high school, I used to buy textbooks from friends and resell them on Amazon. So I always mm. knew I kind of had an entrepreneurial itch. So I went to MIT. All my friends cut, studied computer science. They were always into startups. Right after college, I kind of took a little bit of a different route, though. I went into investment banking, and it was great. I learned a lot. You know, I, I set a good foundation for myself, but I kind of missed kind of that entrepreneurial, you know, itch working at a startup. So I quit cold turkey, joined an early stage startup, learned what it was like, 
learned it's not always kind of up and to the right. You know, sometimes yeah. <laughs> you join a startup that, you know, doesn't go as well as you hope. But from there, went into venture capital. And then after that, uh, decided to make a jump with my now co-founder to, to start Flock. Amazing. Great, yeah. great story. Love that background. Uh, definitely going to have to dig into a couple spots there. What was that startup that you first worked for fresh after leaving the investment bank? Yeah, it was called Pando, and it's actually a really funny story. So it was started by two Stanford GSB grads. And uh, after I'd quit my job at the investment bank, one for whatever reason, in the middle of the night, I woke up, I looked at my phone, I was checking LinkedIn, and I saw kind of the job for this job posting for the startup pop up. And I keep a list in my phone of like 500 startup ideas that I've had that like I want to you know do wow. and it just so happened that Pando was one of them so essentially what they do uh, or how they started for for minor league baseball players they allowed multiple minor league baseball players to pool their earnings together so that if one made it to the major leagues all the others who didn't kind of had a safety net to fall back on so when I joined you know they just had a few minor leaguers and I think by the time they I left they had hundreds and, and also people in the majors as well and now they do it for every type of kind of career so whether you're a professional baseball player an MBA student a software engineer that's actually a pretty kind of cool concept yeah it's like venture capital for baseball originally a double analogy here with the hitting the home run right exactly <laughs> exactly exactly so there's a lot of interpersonal dynamics and a lot of different dynamics at play to get someone to sign a contract like this where you're committing kind of 10 years or 50 years of your future income but very cool thought experiment and, and a great place to work right after working at an investment bank so yeah what did you learn there that you're now applying today yeah i think you just learn how to be scrappy like as a founder you have to do sales you got to do product you got to do basically everything and i was kind of one of the first hires there and and basically you know as a chief of staff to, to the ceo i was doing all of that so yeah you, i think you just learn how to get your hands dirty and kind of go from zero to one and so moving forward from there you started working at pair vc correct would love to hear a little bit what it was like working on the investment side of things there as well as any notable portfolio companies or stories that come to mind? Yeah, so believe it or not, Pando is actually a portfolio company of Pear. So we were working out of the Pear offices. I got to know Pagemon and Mar really well. Shout out to them. They were just featured on the Midas list. So um, wow, nice. yeah, they both got on there, which was awesome to see. Huge fans of Pear. But yeah, they gave me a shot to kind of see what venture capital was all about. And the cool part was that it was the same stage as kind of where Pando is at. So Pear focuses on the zero to one. You're a student with an idea, you know, a big dream, a big vision. You don't have to even have an MVP. The big thing is that you can build what you're saying you're going to build. And if it works out, it's going to be kind of this transformational company. So the story they always like to tell and the founder they always bring in is Tony from DoorDash. So basically, DoorDash was a Stanford GSB company. He was driving around, making the deliveries himself in the early days. Mm -hmm. And you know now everyone knows where, where DoorDash is. So that's a, that's a cool one. And then I actually got to become pretty good friends with one of our, we call it pair competition winners. We give them a little bit of money. They ended up doing our accelerator, but it was a company called Wager. Basically doing sports betting, except in not against the house it's against your friends so they can take mm. kind of less of a cut and they just got acquired by by yahoo so you know three years later you wow. know seeing them go from an idea to being acquired was was pretty cool that's yeah. incredible i love that idea yeah and so flock is a pair portfolio company yep correct? so a pair ended up investing in, in me and, and flock after i left which was a really amazing experience to be able to continue to work with them kind of now on the on the founder side yeah, yeah. so walk us through how you came up with the idea like how did you transition out of that role and you figured out you wanted to be a founder yourself yeah so like i said from high school i kind of had this entrepreneurial itch i always knew i wanted to be a founder when i joined pair i 
I told Mar, like, I'm only doing this so that I can kind of learn more to eventually start my own company. I didn't think yeah. it would happen as quickly as it did. But my buddy, basically, Jared, who was a software engineer at Apple, one of my friends, teammates at, at MIT, we played football together. He called me and I was like, hey, I'm going to quit Apple. I want to start a company. Do you want to do something with me? And I basically, it was just too good of an opportunity to pass up, you know, really skilled engineer and, and a close friend. And we didn't even really have an idea at the time. We just kind of started working on something raise funding for that. That's what Pair invested in. It wasn't kind of the current flock form. It was actually a platform similar to Vendor. I don't know if you've heard of Vendor, but the ability to buy software more cheaply. Mm. Anyways, we decided it wasn't the route we wanted to go. The advice we got was, hey, go talk to hundreds of companies, see what problems they're having and, and try to solve those. And this was right at the time of like the middle of the pandemic when everyone was getting rid of their offices, realizing that the pandemic's going to end and they're going to need a plan going forward. And the feedback we got was, hey, we're going to get rid of our office. We're going remote. Can you build us a platform for these offsites and retreats? And that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I love that. And it reminds me of a couple episodes ago, we covered this company called Batch. And it just made us privy to the fact that the group travel market is $11 billion a year, I believe. I'm sure you know better than us, but that's more bachelor parties and golf oh, trips. Oh, I know or, them yeah. well. Maybe one day we'll compete with them. For now, we don't. But <laughs> maybe in the pitch, if, if you were an investor and we pitched you, you know, they'll, they'll definitely show up in our, in our investor. Program. So I'm a big fan of them. Yeah. yeah. And so curious, I know it's still relatively in the early stages with Flock, yeah. but what have been some of the early challenges and successes that you've come across? Yeah, I think... You know, a blessing and a curse is we've kind of built this as an agency to start. So what I mean by that is we've got like 35 event planners and hotel sourcing folks on our team. And it's a very manual process for at least the last 18 months where we go out, contact hotels, put together the contract with the hotel, sign it, and then basically plan your event from start to finish. So meals, activities, ground transportation. And by doing that, we've learned what problems the folks on our team have as mm -hmm. they're trying to do this and built software along the way. So now kind of 18 months into it, we've got this full suite of products where we've started to automate the, a lot of the process. But you know, with building a services company, there, there's a lot of headaches, right? You're not right. going to please every customer. There's going to be use cases that you never kind of imagined and that you, you honestly can't solve with software. So I think, like I said, it's been a blessing and a curse. The, the really nice thing, though, of building an agency, especially in this environment, is you know, we're bringing in revenue. So we did about $1.1 million in revenue last year, which means we're not relying on having to raise VC funds and kind of build at our, our own pace. Good for you. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll get into kind of the, the longer term plans. But before we get there, we want to hear a little bit more like what are some of the destinations, some of the coolest events? Like tell us about that. Yeah. So we've done Bali. We've done multiple events in Europe, South America, the Caribbean. We haven't done Australia or Thailand yet, but we've had those kind of come up. We might do one of those cool. soon. <laughs> but basically the way we frame it is you can pick any destination that you want. So we're not limited to certain cities. We've probably done close to maybe eight cities you know both domestically and like I said internationally as well but yeah you pick the city we source hotels we've got relationships with you know all the major brands but also all the boutiques you know most people don't want to stay in a big box hotel they want something cool so we've got all of those we we lock that down and then from there we go towards planning the itinerary yeah yeah just poking around on the website I saw it, it seems like a very turnkey process of like I reach out to you saying hey we want to do a venture pill retreat and yep. y'all pretty much take care of everything, which is, you know, certainly a nice burden relieved for anyone trying to plan group travel. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of our full service offering. And that's the benefit of having, you know, 
really like experts on our team and humans who can kind of plan the event. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, one day we want to get to the point, I think almost like Batch probably does at this point where you can do it all automated, you can do it yourself and probably at a much cheaper price point than what we're charging now to have kind of humans in the loop. Yeah. Right. I'm curious based off the data thus far, are there specific types of companies or industries that you find are most frequently booking through Flock? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, I'd say 90% of our clients are remote and distributed tech companies. So, you know, we right now work with, we used to work with teams anywhere from 10 to above. 500 are our largest right now. Mm. Um, but we recently made the decision to now the minimum is 25. There's a lot of reasons for it. And, yeah. you know, the small groups are great, but we just realized that, for our business model at the moment, we got to stick to 25 and above. But yeah, tech companies are our bread and butter. Cool. And, and so what is it like at this early stage, you and your co-founder, a bunch of part-time employees? What, what's kind of that dynamic like right now? Yeah, absolutely. We're a remote team ourselves. So, yeah. you know, we're using Slack. We're getting on Zooms every day. We're communicating, which honestly, if most of our customers and clients are remote teams, it's probably good that we're remote and we feel the same pain that our, our customers and clients do. But yeah, you know, we've got Jared and myself and, and another software engineer who are full-time. And then we're managing a really kind of large part-time team. But I think through tools like Slack and Zoom and just kind of constant communication, you know, that's the only way to, to kind of to build it and, and see what happens. You have to have a lot of trust in your team as, as well. Yeah. And hopefully a, uh, a flock team getaway here soon. We've been talking about it for a while. And all, all of our, our team members constantly ask. And we do do an industry event for part of our team every year called IMAX, where hotels will kind of host us to go to this big event in, in Vegas every year. But the team definitely wants us to, to get together and do something fun as a group. And I totally understand why. Soon enough. Exactly. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. And so curious, if, if I was a hotel or an experience, why do I want to partner with flock? Yeah, it's a great question. We're bringing you guys large groups of business, and that's exactly what they're looking for. So if you're a hotel and I say, hey, we've got a group of 150 staying for three nights willing to spend this much, you know, they make money on the rooms, the food, the beverages, got crazy service fees. I didn't learn, I didn't know about all these big service fees until you start mm -hmm. working with hotels, but yeah. they'll get you on the, on the taxes and service fees as well. So yeah, these hotels love us because we're just kind of giving them these big groups kind of hand hand delivered. And then every hotel has what we call a group sales manager. So they have people at these hotels dedicated to working with folks like us and companies like ours. So it's definitely business that they, they want. Yeah. Right. And I imagine that helps keep the price down for the party that's booking through the end as well, right? Yeah. Usually groups can get discounts anywhere from 5 to 15 20%. So yeah, you're not paying rack rate of what's kind of available online. You're, you're for sure getting a discount as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so looking forward a little bit here, what are the plans for the rest of the year and just any upcoming key milestones that you foresee? Yeah. So like I said, we, we started as an agency and I think the rest of this year is going to be focused on building out our tech and to see, you know, if we can actually go from being a services company to a software company. I think we've almost basically bootstrapped for the last couple of years. And I think by the end of this year, we want to have a strong pitch to investors and say, you know, we were an agency, but here's how we are going to become a software company and here's how big we could get if things continue to go well. Okay. So great segue into our next topic, which is kind of your philosophy on fundraising. You've been on the other side of the, of the room. What is the pitch that you're discussing there? And then what is that early stage plan for Raising Venture? Yeah, 100%. So we started out as this kind of retreat planning agency software, what whatnot. But really the pitch is we want to be the all-in-one platform for in-person corporate events. So the big player in the space is Cvent. They just sold to Blackstone for, I think it was $4.6 billion two months ago. So 
that's what VCs want to see. They want to see that if this works, this could be a massive company that returns their fund. They're not interested in, you know, a, a retreat planning company that could be worth $20 million. You know, they want something that could be worth billions. And that's really the plan. So one day, you know, after Flock gets really good at, you know, the software for planning these offsites and retreats, we can do conferences, trade shows, user events, you know, basically any type of in-person event. And eventually we'll add virtual and stuff along and hybrid events and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So what kind of partners are you looking for initially to help take that first step of growth? Yeah, so we've raised a little bit, but I think we're going to try to raise, you know, a traditional seed round. So, you know, basically seed funds that are willing to kind of take a risk on, you know, a company like ours and seize kind of that vision that we're, we're looking to, to go. I think definitely looking for an early stage fund, someone that can help with hiring, customer intros, you know, anything along those lines. Curious to hear what advice you may have for any pilgrims, that's what we call our listeners nice. out there, that are looking to get into the world of venture, whether that's the startup side of things, entrepreneurship, or investing. Yeah, I would say just consume as much content as you can and, and learn by doing. So I know, you know, I, I spend probably too much time on Twitter, but follow, <laughs> follow the right people on Twitter. They're always posting good content, good links to different things, listening to stuff like this. I used to listen to a competitor when I was doing investment banking. I was on 20VC, you know, every morning <laughs> listening to Harry Stebbing's English accent, reading books, stuff along those lines. But really, there's no substitute to actually like doing the work. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to be a venture capitalist, like, Try to start in the simplest way possible, you know, start, put up a personal website or invest a thousand dollars into a friend's company, you know, do, do the little things and eventually, you know, that will work out and, and you'll be where you want to, you'll get where you want to get to. Talk to us a little bit about like mentorship. Like, do you have any mentors that have guided you along this journey? Like talk to us kind of on your philosophy on networking is something we talk about a lot on, on this podcast. Yeah. I wish I was better at, at networking. I'd say I'm good at like finding people in organic ways. So when I worked at Pando, the CEO was, was named Charlie Olson. He went to Stanford GSB, played football at Stanford, and we just kind of got along. And I think kind of informally, he became like a mentor to me. And I've learned a lot kind of through him just, you know, naturally. And then same thing at Pear. I had both Mar, who was super great or super great with her time and, and listening and, and offering me advice, but also one of my bosses there was named Ian, and he he really just went above and beyond to teach me and go the extra mile, and I learned a lot through him as well. So I'd say I've been lucky in my work career to kind of learn and have those mentors from bosses, but if you don't, yeah, you definitely got to put the work in and, and try to find someone to take an interest in you and, and help you get to where you want to go. It makes me think of, like, how you're thinking about eventually forming your board, right? And having those types of mentors. Do you, have you thought about that at all? Like the types of folks you want helping drive the direction of the company? Yeah, honestly, I wish I had the time to think as far ahead as having yeah. a board. And hopefully <laughs> hopefully one day we get to the point where we can have a board. But for now, you know, I think it's just Jared and I on, on the board. Yeah. And until we raise some more money, I'm going to have to give that some more thought. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be next time you're in Austin, we'll be doing the update. Uh, you're <laughs> I'd love the, that. The I'd Series that. B or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned in your previous answer to consume as much content as possible. Yeah. With that in mind, do you have any specific books, podcasts that you recommend? Yeah. So podcasts, I, I used to do the 20 VC. I've listened to the All In podcast a few times. And then books, I'd say Delivering Happiness is, is one of the good ones. Venture Deals, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. I think those are a couple that, that I've enjoyed, yeah. Delivering Happiness, I don't think we've heard heard of that one. Is that specific Th to That's the story of, of Zappos, actually, oh, the, okay. the shoe company. So that one was basically more kind of startup focused, but how he kind of took 
the idea of Zappos and turned it into kind of this billion dollar company that got bought by Amazon. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And another another question we like to ask, you know, wrap up the interview is what are some other startups that we should keep our eyes out for that the pilgrims should check out? Man, if I was that pair, I'd have a I'd have a ton of good answers <laughs> yeah. and be yeah. seeing startups every day. Oh, this is probably a cop out of an answer, and these these guys are probably a little bit too later stage. But I love Ramp and Mercury. I don't know if you're mm. familiar with with those two companies, yeah, but yeah. one's a corporate card, and the other's a bank for startups. We covered um, Ramp one yeah. time. Wow. Okay. Um, one of our one of our buddies works there, and Mercury. I don't know that we. I don't know that we have. Okay, check out Mercury because yeah. they're they're awesome. You know, I just opened up another. Given the banking crisis, I don't know if you guys saw what happened with yeah. Silicon Valley Bank and, and FRB, <laughs> but you know they're closing banks left and right. So our advice was our, for investors said go open up a bank account like something like a JP Morgan. It took me like three months from start to finish to open up the account. I had to get on three calls with their customer support. It was an absolute nightmare. Mercury is the complete opposite. A few clicks, you open an account. It's the easiest thing to use in the world. Send wires for free. I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm not an yeah. investor or anything in it. I'm just a, a huge fan of them. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I have one place I have heard of them is that like podcast sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they should sponsor you guys. Yeah. They sponsor should. You, guys. Well, you just recorded our ad for perfect. us. Perfect. 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 <laughs> no, it's good to know. I definitely want to check out Mercury. That sounds awesome. Before we let you go, Harris, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you, connect with you, keep track of what's going on with Flock and also your personal life? Yeah, so Harris Stolzenberg on, on LinkedIn. I've, I've got a Twitter account. I think it's at Harris-Stolzenberg. I'm always trying to grow that. Could, could yeah. use some help there as well. Yeah. But yeah, LinkedIn's probably the easiest. Or shoot me an email at Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, at GoFlock, G-O-F-L-O-K.com. Okay, we'll link all that in our show notes and in addition to GoFlock.com and Anybody that's interested, reach out to you. And as you as you guys grow, we'll certainly be keeping tabs and mm-hmm. hope hope to do an update uh, interview next time as you guys have grown into that venture backed high growth mode. I love I love that. Thank you guys for for taking the time and yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, enjoy Austin. I will. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another dose of startups and venture capital. And as always, we appreciate our pilgrims spreading the word about the show. Share with your friends and help someone else make the pilgrimage. See you next time. She told me that she only bumps my music when she's lonely. Thinks my vibe's a little low-key, okie-dokie. That's all right, but wait, I don't know how to do it.